First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock a out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos a la Dos Cervezas Podcast. Pod de la cara hermano. Me llamo Jordan con mi cojos Drew. Drew, ¿qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa, Jordan? Hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, so, obviously, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> you, you did pretty well there, I think. Oh, man. Pod of the everyman. But um, I wanted to... <laughs> Drew and I were joke, joking because one of our tweets... Uh, had a subthread of people speaking Spanish in it, and we're like, "All right, new demographic." We're, we're just reaching it. We're reaching out to everybody now. <laughs> oh, so we're obviously just two morons that don't are not multilingual. So uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. But I thought well, you did. I thought you did fairly well. I mean, for a, a fellow non-speaking Spanish, non-Spanish speaking person, I'm sure you did. Um, That's right. But yeah, two beers pod. We are, we are here. Um, so just welcome aboard to como, everyone. Como está, bro? <laughs> yeah. So all the new listeners, um, you know, we our numbers have been upticking. So uh, very happy to you all could join the two brew crew. And just want to say, if you're here for the boxing, welcome to our corner. Ooh, if you if I you're like here, what you did there. If you're here for the Peaky Blinders, welcome to the family meeting. We'll finish that at some point. If you're here for the beers, cheers. Cheers. And if you're here for the top five list and the singing consequences, thank you for being a friend. Love it. Uh, Love it. Yes. All right. So on that note, let's assume positions. Do it. All right. Let me get this queued up. Ready. Three, two, one. (laughs) <laughs> oh man um so i got a new trail lightning bug hazy ipa cool little purplish hue can 6.5 percent alcohol what is that from what brewery uh uh new tra- uh, new trail i believe isn't this new trail uh, out in williamsport um is that virginia uh pa it's a williamsport pa beer uh, um which okay. is which drew is coming to us live from uh what harrisburg right yeah, we'll say that. So this is, uh, I mean, Williamsport's out that way. I mean, they're maybe an hour away. I don't know, something like that. They're close. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just a traveling podcaster now, bro. That's where we are. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, let me take a sip of this. B R U dash one crystal amarillo notes of rich tropicals, fresh pineapple, and bright citrus. All right. All, all right. right, all right. Yeah, all okay. right. I can do that. What you got there, Drew? Uh, I'm actually playing it easy tonight and doing a uh, a Luke Bryan uh, Miller Lite special. Yeah, there you go. Going, we all know I'm a big Miller guy. Yeah, going super easy. Despite my um, uh, identity crisis a few episodes back. Well, um, you were drinking like uh, Bush for like six. Bush weeks? lattes for the you betcha guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can, uh, I can, I can, I can attest that our numbers were not spiking on those pods. <laughs> but that's okay. Um. All right. So, without further ado, 
the boxing weekend that was Taylor Ramirez. Wow. That was that was fun. We told listen, we told you, we've been telling you for a while. Uh that was a must-see fight. Undisputed 140, free on ESPN. And if you didn't watch it, in the words of Harry Potter, I feel sorry for you. Boy, all kinds of action. Uh, they did not disappoint with their lack of using jabs. Uh, power punches all over the place, haymakers. Uh, Josh Taylor wins uh, by decision. Got two knockdowns in the fight, back-to-back rounds. Uh, a little controversy. We'll, we'll get into it in a little more detail, but... Taylor Taylor wins by unanimous decision over Jose Ramirez and takes all four belts. And depending on what you consider to be undisputed, he's either the fifth or the sixth guy to hold all the belts in the four belt era. So, uh, yeah, it was awesome. I was yeah. I, I thought the I thought Ramirez had the jab going a little bit, but um, obviously not as not as much. And I mean, um, the the fight was I relatively close um I, Ramirez showed well um now the there was a couple controversies I guess but um, well, here's here well just for context so they or Ramirez threw 584 punches and Taylor threw 530 uh 196 were jabs for Ramirez 168 for Taylor so yeah. over three over over three hundred and sixty uh, power punches thrown for both of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. No. Yeah. You're, I got gotcha. you. Uh, good. Good stuff on the CompuBox, box because I I don't know if I saved it or not. Oh, but, I got um, it up. We're gonna we're gonna get into it. But go ahead. Keep. Okay. We're, sweet. Um. Well, you know what I was gonna say was that the first controversy, which we kind of a, a little bit agreed with, was um the uh, the cards. Uh, basically had Taylor by two points, meaning that it was tied in the rounds other than the two knockdowns, um, which I think that you and I both had Taylor winning by a round. I think we had different rounds. I had, yeah, I had him. I think I messed up my math because I gotta start writing this shit down. Cause it's so yeah, I know, me to, too. Like, it's so hard. To, <laughs> it's so hard to add them as I'm as I'm oh, tweeting. If anybody's um, following our cards live, it's it's getting kind of comical because we're trying to do the. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I love well, it. especially when you're trying to like, I'm trying not to miss like any parts of a round because I'm like, if I put my head down to tweet something. And I miss a knockdown. I'm gonna be pissed. I um, know. I've done it before, and I'm just a like, son of a bitch. I think my I I think I had tweeted my final card, so I was tweeting the cards this week. Uh, I had one fifteen, one twelve Taylor, but I think it I think for it to have worked, it would have had to have been one fifteen, one eleven Taylor. Yeah, I think so. And whatever it was, I had the same as you. Just you had, different you had, rounds. You had. Well, I think you had Ramirez winning one more round. One more. Than you did. did. Yeah. I, that, yeah, you, something like you that. Did. Yeah, okay. and I think that, yeah, I mean, the first, you know, and Josh, the big controversy, if you want to think it is, Josh Taylor, after the fight, kind of said, the cards were bullshit, I basically beat five people, like, this fight, you know, the fight shouldn't have, the fight didn't come down to just me knocking him down twice, like, I dominated him, um, and I kind of disagreed with him all the way up until tonight, um, because I thought that, I thought that he, the first five rounds, could have gone three two to either one of them. They were except for the first round, the two through five were razor thin. Um and he obviously won the three middle rounds where he got the knockdowns. But you could really make a strong case that uh Ramirez bounced back big time and won 
if not all four of nine through 12, at least three. Um, so I was kind of like, you know what, like if we really look at it that way, like it kind of made sense that it was that close. And then I was looking at CompuBox. Not that this is the Bible, um, but it depends on what you value. Like if you're looking at total punches, then that kind of hold the, the scorecard kind of holds up. Um, cause total punches, you got Taylor, Taylor takes round one, 10 to three. This is just total punches landed. Um, Round two, they both landed seven, both on pretty much the same percentage. Round three, 25, 24, oh, sorry, that's Ramirez, 25 to 11. Four, they both landed 10. Taylor was more accurate. Five, nine, nine, 14, favor Taylor. Six, 14, 11, Taylor. Seven, 12, 10, Taylor. But then in eight, 15, 11, Taylor. Nine, 15, 14, Ramirez. 10, 11, 14, Taylor. And then 11, 11 11 and then 12 is 11 13 so these rounds were really close um yeah based on total punches now if you're going for power punches then i think taylor's got a little bit more um of an edge yeah especially in the rounds i mean he he landed more power punches in one two three four five six seven eight rounds now in some of them we're talking one or two punches but um certainly he landed more that way so i guess yeah it really depends on what you value in the fight yeah the thing that made it fun was ramirez was doing work to the body and it's like and when 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 a guy is connecting power punches to the body it, it almost like it's almost worth like two it feels like it's worth two sometimes and it's yeah, like you're just breaking a guy down that's why it felt like it was close because he was just crushing him with with body punches yeah and I'll, I'll say what i thought obviously the holding and uh friggin stupid bayless the referee with the yeah. contra- the controversial break that wasn't where ramirez th- ramirez thought he was breaking him but he just put his hand on him and Taylor catches him with the the left the left yeah uppercut. that was the other big uh, controversy go go ahead finish your well point. I was gonna say I mean um, aside aside from that the what I thought was really a, a subtle difference in the fight from a normal Ramirez fight was Taylor's ability the way he was kind of he was having he was letting Ramirez get him into the corners. And then he would very quickly and slickly, you know, edge or angle his way out of the corners. Whereas a lot of Ramirez opponents aren't able to do that. And he just starts doing damage to you when you're like on the ropes or when you're in the corner um, and starts breaking you down more. I don't know if you noticed that at all, but I watched it a second time the other day. And Taylor did a tremendous job. Anytime he was getting Ramirez to come in and, and, uh, you know, engage him like just slipping out of there and switching positions. So I, well, I thought at, that was, I thought that was a very subtle, at, I don't know if they planned that, but I thought that it, was a very subtle um, game plan. for. Yeah. You, you know, I'm big on the interviews. So I, I, I you know, um, I, I watched a lot of the inter- interviews afterward and t- Josh Taylor said exactly that because the whole time, I mean, he's like you said, he's cornering him down. He's landing big body shots, and it's like, yeah. oh, sh-. it's like, man, Ramirez is really getting some some good rounds in here. And Taylor was like, hey, I knew I was gonna have to take some shots. I planned it that way. I wanted to bring him in so I could, 
he's like he's like if I he's like you saw me dance around and and get out of the tough spots. He's like if I wanted to, I could have done that all night and and uh, shut him out. He's like I, he's like that's not the game plan I wanted to do. Yeah, he said he he they they him and Ben Davidson said they really wanted to use uh, Ramirez's aggression and style against him. Um, yeah, which um yeah so. I, I did. I did notice that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, and credit. I was gonna say, credit both those guys. Like those guys are warriors, man. Like Ramirez, a uh, Ramirez tested Taylor in those in like rounds two through five. He hit him. He hurt him a couple times, like to the body. It, he. It sure looked like it. It did. Yeah, I mean, I know Taylor blew it off and said like he was never hurt or in danger, but I mean, he he looked like he took the punch and was like kind of frozen. Um, right. Yeah. Worked his way out of it. Didn't you know? Didn't didn't get them blasted by a bunch of shots except for the second round where he was totally outmatched. Yeah. Um, but he he showed some grit there because you know when you're when you've never been in trouble and you start taking shots, you never know which way it's gonna yep. go. Like Bur Burchelt's a great example for what happened to him in the Valdez fight. Yeah. Um, and even the, even though I think the fight to Taylor's point, uh, the, he, there, Bayless definitely gave Ramirez like 25 seconds in, uh, in, in the set for the second knock to, it, that the fight should have been stopped. He, he could, he didn't know where he was. He could, he couldn't even give him his gloves. Really. I don't know how he stayed on his feet. Almost like maybe, I, well, maybe he felt bad because the other, the, the controversy right before maybe. that was on the break. It, at first, I thought he was doing like a fake break, and it looked like he was about to come in and break, and it looks like Ramirez was anticipating the break. So Ramirez disengaged and wasn't protecting himself like a moron. Protect yourself at all times. And got clocked. On the replay, though, like the one angle from behind Taylor's back, the uh, Bayless was in there, the ref was in there smacking Ramirez's hand away to instead of just coming in like folding your hands like you're praying and coming in at with the wedge and pushing the two guys away from each other yeah he was just was his breaks sad. were so idiotic they, he was like slapping the guys to I break hate, I, I hate him he's he's it was worst. just yeah, he's the worst man like I, why are you smacking the guys like get your hands in between them and do a clear break yeah, and so he, on the replay you see he's smacking Ramirez's hand behind Ta so Taylor has no idea that Ramirez is maybe he could feel it I don't know but uh, probably not because they're like wrestling and hugging each other. So the the ref is smacking Ramirez's hand, and Ramirez is like, "Oh, okay, it's break time." And then he goes to break and gets knocked down. So, and then and then the ref Bayless gives him like you said like eighteen seconds to like recover. So, man, just a mess. Bayless was a mess. My gosh, that that fight deserved better. Um. Yeah, and the other, I was going to say it, I mean, but even after that, I mean, Ramirez just would not quit, man. I mean, he just kept coming. There was, yeah. There, I mean, I don't think Taylor was as aggressive as he could have been to end the fight, but, you know, Ramirez was not going, he, he was he was going out on his shield, as they say. He was not, he was not quitting on the stool. Yeah, yeah, so, um, I mean, hey, it was, it was a great, we were both rooting for Ramirez, but it's not like we dislike Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor actually went. Well, no, and... I, I actually, I was actually rooting for Taylor. I just, oh, I just, were you? Yeah. I like I like Taylor and, and I, 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 God, people were giving me shit on, I hate Twitter. <laughs> people were giving me shit on Twitter about Ben Davison. Cause I was like, I, I don't think he ever really gets full credit from, um, for the fury. stuff. yeah, like I, and it's not like from other fighters. Like I think from like the media, cause everyone talks about Sugar Hill and Kronk Jim, because that's where fury trained to beat Wilder. But like people forget like Davison brought him back from the dead. 
Um, yeah. So I, I was, and I like Taylor. Like he's just a cocky Scotsman. I mean, those are my kind of guys. I yeah. just, I just thought Ramirez was going to win the fight, and my streak of not getting these big fights, big non-canel fights, right, just freaking continues, man. It's in, cra- <laughs> it's, in, it's in my crawl now. I'll get, yeah. this, I'll get. Oh, this I was rooting for Ramirez, but you, but I, but I like Taylor. And Taylor said after the fight too, like, hey, I was just trying to get under his skin to make him more aggressive to feed into my game plan, and he went and apologized to him, and, um. You know, and Ramirez accepted his apology, and you know, it, I wouldn't mind to see him run him back. I, I, I don't know if they will. Um, I, I doubt it. I, I kind of doubt it too. But given given the controversies, I, I think it would be worth it. Um, oh, for sure. But yeah, I, I, it probably doesn't happen. Which I, uh, oh well. Yeah, um, that, well, that's a problem in boxing too. Like why we don't see these, uh, these like tri- like sequels and trilogies and things anymore. Like that's kind of exciting to see, like you know their fight their second like i mean wilder wilder uh fury too was like the spectacle of all spectacles yeah i mean like i think they can make it that way the problem is taylor you know he has to fight i forget his name i i want to say Kambodo or something or another another i think he's another fellow uh englishman but they have to fight he he was supposed to be a mandatory and he took a step aside with the condition that he would get the he would get a fight with the winner um, so they have to do that, and that people that would be bush league if they didn't uh, honor that. Um, yeah. And then the real thing is they're going to try. I, they're going to try to get Taylor and uh, Crawford in the ring, which is, I mean, whatever. Like that's that's what we got for Terrence Crawford, I guess. Like a guy at 140 moving up. But uh, what can you what can you do? Or possibly even Tiafimo. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see what happens next for Josh Taylor and Ramirez. Like you know, Ramirez should be fine. Like I said, I mean, there's no, uh, there's no shame in the way he went down. Um, you know, I don't. There's not a ton, to me. There's not a ton of contenders at 140. So maybe it makes sense for him to move up to 147 to to kind of get in the mix with some of the Sean Porters and guys like that. Um, yeah, I mean, everything you said makes makes sense. Um, I, although. Um, I don't know if I would poo-poo the Terrence Crawford, Josh Taylor fight as much. I mean, I it's mean, just like there's there's tons of contenders at 147, and like that's the best we're gonna get for Terrence Crawford is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that. I get that for sure. Um, the the, the whole Terrence Crawford situation, we love him, but it's oh my, it's beyond frustrating at this point. Um, yeah, for sure. Um. All right. Well, uh, hey, hit us with that Josh Taylor quote, um, and then we can move on to uh, the, the rest of the boxing world. Yeah, a big quote from him was uh, before the fight. Everybody keeps saying you're going up against an American with Mexican blood, but he's going up against a mad Scotsman. The Romans built a wall to keep us out because we're mental. Ah, oh, so great. <laughs> he, he he had some good shit talking. Oh, that was good. Um, all right. So, uh, I. A couple fights this weekend. Just want to touch on uh, quickly um, on Don Air Ubali. Um, at, it's the number three guy versus the number five guy at 118, uh, which is Inoue's division. I I think there might be a is there a belt on the line? I I don't know. Um, Don Air's an older guy who a lot of people think is a Hall of Fame fighter. I honestly I've, I don't know if I've ever seen him fight. Um, he has had some knockouts. Quite honestly, this is one I, I I don't care unless Ubali comes out to be like a true contender for Inaway, which I think that's why people are intrigued by it because people on Twitter are like, you know, like really excited about it. But I'm like, yes, whatever, I don't care. Um, 
so that that's what's going on there. Um, Hanny Linares, let's save that. Let's just, or do you want to? Well, do you want to talk about Hanny Linares? Uh, yeah, I think it's important. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, we don't. I don't think it's worth doing a breakdown. Um, okay. You know, I mean, Haney right now is the quote-unquote WBC champion. Um, that's why I was saying it's debatable. A lot of people debate whether Josh Taylor is the fifth undisputed champion or sixth because uh, a lot of people don't respect Tiafimo as the undisputed champ. Uh, he's fighting Lenar, Jose Linares, who was the king of 135 until he was dethroned by the Vasily Lomachenko, uh, which was probably his most dangerous fight at that point because he moved up in weight. Um, so, I mean, Lenar, Lenar is, is, you know, he's a veteran He being player. Loma moved up in weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's definitely the best competition that Haney has faced um, in his pro career. You know, he's, he's, he's tall, he's long, uh, he's got experience, he's a really good counterpuncher. Um, you know, which is good. And, you know, if you, if you come at him in a straight line, which we saw in the Loma fight, he, he can, yeah, he can clock you and, uh, and, um, put you down. But, you know, we talked about it after, um, after the Garcia Campbell fight. You know, I think Haney's probably the most underrated fighter at 135 just because he's not a huge shit talker and, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't win with knockouts. He's just, a incredibly skilled boxer who's very good at himself at counterpunching. He's a really good defensive player or defensive boxer. Uh, it's hard to win rounds against him. That's why I think him and Loma would be such a great uh, fight. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think that Haney, I think he wins on the cards. I think he's going to try to win in style, which might get him in trouble in a couple of rounds, but I just, I don't see how Lenar is, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I, I think Haney wins on the cards. He's he's kind of just he's long and polished. I mean, he's yeah. probably he's very polished. Lenares, one of those guys. It's just a tough son of a bitch, and and he not like better be of tough, but like he's he's just a grinder, and so yeah. he's he's going to he's gonna he 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 has a history of stepping to big fighters. Um, so I, I expect Lenares to show up and, and, and press Devin a little bit, but I think Haney is just, he's just too smooth. And, he, um, I mean, his, his, he has great defense. Um, you know, I, I, I think, I don't think he dispatches him. I think it got, does go to the cards. I don't think he's going to take the chance to try and dispatch him. I think he's just gonna, he, he, I think he's going to try and pitch a shot out, but you know, I think, I think he wins on the cards. So. Um, looking for that, that one's on the zone, um, late night start. Uh, and then the Don air Ubali is on showtime. So, um, we'll be, we'll have our eye on those. Um, the, yeah, the only other boxing news is, which is a little bit old at this point, but we, we, touched, we didn't really we touched, t- we touched on it for a quick, a quick cup of coffee last week. Okay. We were, we were yeah. Fury, Fury Wilder is three is happening. Um, which I guess it's happening. Well, it's still, still not signed yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't think Deontay signed yet. Oh, yeah. oh did Deontay uh, sign? Oh, I thought he did. I, mean, I thought it, I thought it's all good to go. I, I haven't seen the date yet. So until I see a date and an, a location, nothing's done for me after uh, this Joshua Fury stuff we just went through. Okay. I, all right. it's, it's happening, though. The arbitrator ruled for it. So it's not Wilder. They're not going to pay him a step aside, and Wilder doesn't want one. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um,. Yeah, it's it's happening. I guess, and we'll break it down more as, as de- the details come out. But I mean, what do you 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 said your early prediction was Wilder KOs Fury? Um, 
very early. I just, you know, like I think that because of the way Fury dominated him, I, I think we just people people need to not forget like this guy has absolute dynamite in his right hand, man. And like if Fury if Fury comes out and like is just too aggressive because he's pissed off about you know Wilder pulling this shit. I shouldn't even say pulling this shit. Like they, I mean, it was in the contract that they had to have this third fight. Um, yeah. You know. If, if Wilder if Wilder catches him like it, it's just it, Wilder said it best before the second fight you know he he understands he has holes as a boxer but he only had he he doesn't have to be perfect the entire fight but all his opponents have to be perfect the entire fight because one punch from him and it's over yep so yeah and honestly like as I'm a little bit torn because like fury is such a showman. He's awesome to watch, but like he's just straight up disrespecting, like Wilder. I, I, wait, did I, I, mean, did I pull was, those quotes? He was running his mouth in the uh, at the uh, the commentators table. Yeah, I, I here I got the quotes. Um, he he goes any bit of, any bit of substance of Deontay Wilder. I've got it right here in my pocket. I've carried it around with me for the last eighteen months. And then he goes. Uh, Fury is still 100% confident that he will fight AJ in 2021. 100% it happens this year. I'm going to deal with his mug, Deontay Wilder. I'm knocking him out cold, and then I'm going to deal with the other guy straight away. I mean, he he is just he's just saying straight up that he, this guy's nothing, and, and I'm going to go knock him out. I, and to me, that's like there's a fine line between arrogance and, and showmanship and it's, I, I'm kind of finding myself being like, you know what? Maybe I should just root for my countryman here, Wilder, you know, who's not talking as much stuff. But the thing about it is that Wilder was such a poor loser and made all those excuses. So I kind of want uh, Fury just to beat him again. I, I don't, I'm a little bit torn at the at the current moment of who who I like going into it. But uh, Fury's clearly the better boxer, and he does have power, obviously. But like you said, all of Wilder's opponents need to be perfect the entire fight. So <laughs> I just, I mean, honestly, I don't. At this point, I don't know if it'll ever gonna happen. But I, I just, whoever wins, I just, I just want the winner to fight Joshua. Like I just want an undisputed heavyweight champion um, of the world. And I'm a little, you know, I know, I know, I know you don't like him, and a lot of people have criticized him at heavyweight. But I find it interesting that Eddie Hearn is bringing up a lot of other boxers names for Joshua when Usyk's his mandatory. So yeah, Usyk, I was going to say that. Yeah, Usyk is the mandatory yeah, and like so like he's been like he's been talking about friggin' uh, what's his name? Like Andy like a Ruiz 3 fight, like fighting Ortiz, like I don't why, you know, it's interesting to me um that Usyk's not, you know, like I I think I think he's worried about fighting Usyk. Like Usyk that might not have the pop at heavyweight, but Dude, he's a skilled boxer, man, and you know, boxing. We we talked very first podcast. You know, boxing is a fight where it's round by round. It's not cumulative. It's what you do each round, and you know, he's got the boxing skill to win rounds. To win and rounds, yeah. So I, I I just I thought that was interesting this week that he's talking about other fighters outside of Usyk. Like I don't I don't know what he's doing here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe he just wants Joshua to beat somebody up and be ready for a unification bout, and then go to Usyk. I I, I don't know, but could be. Could be. I don't know. We'll we'll see how the heavyweight division unfolds. Um, 
All right. Any any other boxing news before we move on? Uh, I think that covers it, man. Sweet. Exciting stuff happening. All right. The pregnant pause there was killing me. Um, golf. Lefty. How about that, dude? dude um, crazy, man. I I like when he took the lead into the weekend. I'm like, okay, there's no way like he survived Saturday. Like Saturday's moving day, and then he's still in the lead Sat- after Saturday. And I'm Saturday's like, Saturday's moving day. You never heard that for boxing? No. Oh yeah, moving day, baby. Um, or for uh, golf, I mean, yeah, moving day. And 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 so then he's going into Sunday with the lead. I'm like, and Kepka's right on his heels. And I'm like, all right, Kepka always says like he takes pride in having like you know, competitive nature and everything. And I'm thinking in his mind, he's got to be thinking, all right, let me dispatch this 50 year old dude. Like I'm in my prime. Like, let me, yeah, I know he has the knee issue, but like, let me just overcome a little bit of pain and just, just, you know, go take this major. And that did not happen, dude. I mean, uh, Mickelson was great. The chip in from the bunker was electric. And at that, that's the point when you're like, Okay, this he's freaking doing it. Like he chipped in from the bunker, and it's like it's, this is happening, and uh, you know, and I I just I just did not like shame on me if you if you believed he could do it, like you're a better person than me because up until like the back nine on Sunday, I was just like, oh crap, he's doing it, and or, or I, I was like, he's not gonna do it, and then it was like, man, he's he's gonna pull it off. Um, so you know what we gave our picks. Obviously, he was nowhere near our radar. But when when I gave our picks, I pulled all of the odds. Guess what he was paying off coming into the week? Uh, I don't know. You tell Two, me. Two hundred and fifty to one. Wow. Wow. P- plus twenty five thousand. Yeah. So that that paid off. Age fifty. Congrats to Lefty. Unreal. Activate the Cavs. I also, like, I, I haven't really voiced this out loud, but, like, I, f- I find it hilarious and awesome, but also kind of crazy that, like, Mickelson, for, like, the first three quarters of his career, was known as, like, the guy with the awesome touch around the greens and, like, the putting and, like, the chipping and stuff. Yeah. And, that, and then, like, in, like, as he turned, like, 45 or so or, like, 43 or whatever, like, now he's been the guy that, like, activates the calves and hits high bombs. Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny that, like, yeah, he just kind like, of became that. And he's kind of shaky on the putting green now, right? No, he's still amazing. Is he still – yeah, he's still like super nifty around around the greens, and he's he's, and he he's a, a mad scientist. You know, people say like Bryson's the mad scientist, but Phil's always like, yeah, you know, like guys say like they hit their seven iron stock, like you know, like one seventy. He's like, but you know, like are you hitting into the grain and like where you know what what's the dew the dew point that day? What's the what's the uh how hot is it and where's the wind going? So like, and it's just like oh god, like. You know, is the is the green sloping away from you? Do you need to bounce and get it to check? All this stuff and that he analyzes, and it's just wild. But man, congrats to Phil. It was it was so much. It was and the crowds, dude. Oh my gosh, the gallery was was insane. Um, loved it, absolutely loved it. So that that was great. Um, but did you want to touch on all the all the just, social media battles? Yeah, I in think, golf. Uh, I, I mean. You know, Phil was a great story, and they've talked about Phil for, uh, 
you know, about a day and a half afterwards. But the real golf story is just the constant back and forth and shit talking between Bruce Kepka, uh, who I, I just love him, dude. He's so Brooks. Good. Brooks, sorry, not Bruce. Brooks, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and, You're only uh, drinking Miller Lights. Come on, they can't be and, hitting you that bad. You know bad. what? Because I keep messing up the other guy's name too, DeChambeau or whatever. Bright is it Bryson? Is that, Bryson uh, DeChambeau. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys. It all started. I, I, do you know what started this beef between these two? Like, or just Kepka just like find him just so annoying? It's just they're both douchebags. Like Kepka. Hey, how dare all, you? How always dare you? always complains about like pace of play, and then just like he's like, yeah. I'm not like these other guys. I'm not like a traditional golfer. I'm more like an athlete, and I have like an athlete's mentality, and I just have that kind of competitive fire, and, you know, whatever. Like, this isn't a major. Whatever. I don't care. And it's just like, okay there, Mr. Like, athlete guy. And then DeChambeau is just a total douchebag. Like, yeah, are, the, are these these ants count as uh, burrowing uh, animals, dangerous <laughs> animals? And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, so, But, yeah, they, uh, like they're, they caught an interview of – uh, Kepka um, being like they saw, he was getting interviewed and he was talking about the you know, how the greens were hard to read and DeChambeau like walks behind him and I guess he said something and Brooks just called him to the corner of the eye and he stops and he's just like got this look on his face like God this guy is such a douchebag and they uh, he's like he's like yeah sorry I lost I lost my train of thought having to listen to that bullshit uh, it was it was so good and then they. Um, They've they're doing another one of those match the challenges, which are, they're just so awesome and so much fun. Um, it's going to be Phil and uh, Tom Brady versus DeChambeau and um, Aaron Rodgers. And Kepka started it off by tweeting, um, "Sorry, sorry, bro," at Aaron Rodgers because he's teamed with, with Bryson. Um, and then Brady got into it and started talking shit about Rodgers, which was kind of fun. And then that was uh, insane. That was hilarious. Oh, it was so good. And then uh, it got even. It got Brady even. goes to Bryson. He's like, "Hey, he's like, uh, get ready for the for all the layups because we all know Rogers ain't going Go for, for it." it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. I, oh man, I, I, Tom Brady's a G man. That was so. Oh fun. my gosh. Um, and then uh, what else did we have? We had a. Uh, just all, I mean, there was just tons of like. What was like, the latest? Tr- oh, and then DeChambeau posts a picture with him, like with him in like a picture of him on Kepka's head, and said it's it's fun living rent free here. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's. And those they're gonna be, paired. Wait, I think they're gonna be paired up at the U.S. Open. I think I saw. That's amazing. Yeah, and um, yeah, it it really is. Like the gallery is gonna be absurd. <laughs> might might get our first fan fight in a golf tournament. Uh, it's just uh, just two douchebags. That between them and Patrick Reed, I hope Patrick Reed's paired with him as well. Oh God, oh God. <laughs> oh, I think the fans hate him more than that. I don't know if other golfers. Uh, yeah, I think that. The, oh, they do. Oh, Everybody do they? hates. Oh, yeah, because okay. he cheats all the time. Pat. I mean, the other guys are douches. Patrick Reed just cheats. Cheats. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. That's all, all right. I had. I just thought that was fun. Yeah, good stuff. Um, all right, do you want to touch on the NBA? Uh, oh, man, your brother must be sweating. Lakers kicking the shit out of the Suns right now. Um, yeah, yeah, you and him have a good bet going. Yeah, imagine imagine thinking the Suns had any chance of beating this team. Uh, you must be feeling pretty silly right now. Um, all this nonsense. Uh, yeah, dude, it's pretty. It's been pretty. Uh, 
pretty interesting. I know we'll do the two for one. Maybe tomorrow night. We'll see how the games go. Um, we might maybe we'll do a uh, an episode late night to talk about where we were. But you know the big the big stories here: Chris Paul, the shoulder injury. He look, he looks pretty good tonight. Um, but listen, I like I said on the two for one. Like they got the two best players in the series. The Lakers aren't worried. The people are like, oh, LeBron just don't look right. It's like, dude, he's dominating tonight. He just he knows the Suns aren't good. Like they're a cute little regular season story. Like they played hard every night and. These other teams were banged up and resting guys, and they weren't. But dude, LeBron and Davis, anytime they want to turn it on, like they're going to dominate them. Um, have fun with Cam Johnson and Jay, Jay Crowder. I wish we were doing a Grind My Gear session. Like the Jay Crowder, if there was any proof as to why people think that I think the bubble doesn't count and is bullshit, like Jay Crowder was unstoppable in the bubble because he's shooting in, like, in an open gym atmosphere. Dude, this guy hasn't made a shot like all series. Like he's just trash. Some of these role players like that are trash, like they just played really great in the bubble because like it's open gym, there's no pressure. Cole Pope's been terrible and he was unstoppable in the bubble as well. Yeah. Um so this this one's done. This will be over in five. Uh I'm not worried about this. The Bucks, you know, kudos to the Bucks, man. Like up three oh, like I, I really me and Tori both thought that was gonna be the most interesting series of the first round. It still kinda was, because I think that that hurdle of beating them in game one has just propelled the Bucks' confidence now. And they've steamrolled Miami the last two games. So they're up three, nothing. Uh, I think Miami will get one real quick here. Then that'll be five, but you know, we're going to, we're going to have the big, the big main event with Brooklyn and, uh, and them in round two, which should be just fascinating to see how that goes. Your boy, boy Spearman Rhino is going to really have a lot of pressure on him. I think to, uh, to be the X factor in that series. Um, and Donovan Mitchell looks like he's going to end up playing the rest of the first round. So the uh, everybody that was, you know, getting ready for that uh, Memphis upset eight versus one, I guess we, I think we can probably put that to bed. So been exciting stuff. The other, I mean, the other big story was, uh, you know, LeBron breaking uh, the league's protocol rules, and you know, the league said they weren't doing anything because the party he was at, people had to be vaccinated with negative tests or whatever stuff there was, and then Porzingis. Uh, got fine because he was at a club, which I guess they weren't the same things. My only story there is like the league played that very smart. Like instead of actually putting rules in place, like that if you broke protocol, you'd be suspended or fined. They left it so open-ended so that, you know, they didn't have to have the situation where like they had to put LeBron in protocol automatically for two weeks or fine him or suspend him. So uh, Silver was very savvy to leave himself an out, leave himself an out there. Um, what else NBA? Could guy go for hours? What's Ka- going on? Ka- Kawhi's going to the Warriors. Oh yeah. Well, we talked about that on two for one. They're 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 such fakers. Uh, I after they lost again the other night, they, they after losing game one, we talked about um, on the two for one. Did we put too much stock in 2019? After losing game two, yeah, we did. Like he's he's a really good player, but I you know he's he's not. He's he's nowhere the type of player that people made him out to be. And when he leaves, it'll be such a puss move. Like the way that he got himself there and, you know, forced those trades to happen. And like everybody was like, ah, oh, he's Kaiser Sosa or whatever the guy's name is from the. Uh, Kaiser Sosa? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, man, did you see what he did? Like, so he's going to fail here twice and then go to the Warriors probably. Or the, maybe he'll go to Miami. Uh, if he's a Clipper next year. Assuming they don't well, come back, I guess yeah. they. I mean, they could come back here and win four straight against Denver. Or it's not like I don't think outside of Luca, like that team's nothing to go home about. Um, but yeah, he'll be out of there. He'll be a warrior. The internet will break. 
it all well, the best part will be when it's all about like oh man all this to beat lebron but like he never actually lost to LeBron. <laughs> they never even got to lebron never got to lebron yeah um so it's kind of fun but the the clippers are fakers i can't wait if, if he does leave i can't wait to see what asshole team uh trades for paul george um our buddy Lou was saying that he could totally see like the Blazers doing something stupid, like going all in for him to try to be that missing piece. But God, that would be like, like Dame would kill him like every practice. Like, <laughs> can you? Can, I can't even imagine a guy like Damian, a guy who's so clutch as Damian Lillard playing with such a loser as that guy. Um, all right, I'm done. I can go. I can go on forever. That's why we got the two for one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So stop, stop me when you want to. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna make a, make a quip about um you know Dame playing without loser you know and, and I was gonna make a quip about us but you know, you know here nor there. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to up, do my update on hockey and look, I tried to do I it, admittedly I I'm gonna give myself the 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 out that I I said I wasn't really putting analysis into it I just wanted to go on storylines. But all, all of my quote-unquote predictions are basically shattered. Uh, not all, but they're basically shattered. Um, so the Penguins lost to the Islanders. Their goalie choked that away, Tristan Jari. That was, as a Penguins fan, that was frustrating, embarrassing. Like I, I, It kind of feels like they have to blow it all up. Realistically, they, they dominated the Islanders for like 80% of the series, but their goalie just killed them. So really, just go get a new goalie, but... They're probably gonna just you know, with a new regime. They're probably gonna blow it all up. And at that point, I can't. I mean, I, I tweeted out, Drew. Remember the the whole like? Uh, did you see the tweet? I I, I uh, pulled a clip together. Remember how I was talking about how the Steelers need to just move on from Ben and Tomlin? You did, yeah. And and I was saying how the Penguins basically need to move on from their coach as well. Yeah. Sullivan and um. Now they're probably going to do that now, and so I, I'm not going to complain. Like, you know, do whatever moves you got to do, but like, it's uh, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm disappointed we recorded so late because uh, former guest Al Cooley was going to call in and talk mad shit to you about the uh, the playoff. <laughs> I so, I talked I talked to our buddy Al this morning, uh, we, and it never even came up. He was playing Shinnecock uh, this uh today on the golf course but oh, um nice yeah no he was he was told uh, maybe he was joking he's like he's like how do we get me on uh on the podcast <laughs> to talk to the surprise was, guest from the top yeah, rope i was like i can totally call you in on speaker i was like we don't we're not gonna record till 11 he's like way past my bedtime i was like ah oh. i was hoping i was hoping he was gonna leave me a vo- i was hoping he was gonna leave me a voice recording but that's the lawyer yeah he's so like, he's I, way too smart to leave any evidence as a seton hall alum i got i got friends in the new york area and who are islanders friends and our our good buddy al is uh is one of them so yeah kudos to them i mean hey barry trotz hell of a coach so i mean he he has the penguins numbers he he just like fury has wilder in his pocket i mean like for the past three four years trotz has the penguins in his pocket so um you know kudos to the islanders penguins are left with a lot of questions um the predators uh, did this game uh, hold on now hold on the Predators are winning, and so okay. Carolina leads the series three-two. Predators are winning right now in the third, so that's about to go to a seventh game. Holy crap! Um, and Hurricanes were so good. Um, and I said I like the Predators goalie, Sor- uh, UC Soros. So um, you know we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, 
But I had the Hurricanes beating them in like five or six. Um, Golden Knights versus Wild. Um, I had Golden Knights winning in five or six, and now they're going to a game seven. And and the Wild, they're they don't have a ton of star power, but they are just they are just a sandpaper team, gritty team to go up against. Please, Golden Knights, please win this. All I want, and Colorado's already swept the Blues 4-0. All I want is to see the Avalanche play Golden Knight for for seven games. Please, please, Golden Knights come through. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess I get. I'm assuming, yeah, they're gonna play tomorrow at nine o'clock Eastern time. Um, Capitals Bruins Bruins one and five. Holy crap! Capitals just rolled over. Like that's why I kind of picked the Capitals to not. It's like to be on the fringe of the playoffs. I'm like, ah, they're old, like they're slow, and that's exactly what they look like in this period. Is in this in this, uh, this um, in this playoff series against the Bruins, they just looked old and slow. And <sighs> Bruins just dispatched them. Peace. Thanks for coming. Um, th- talk about peace. Thanks for coming. The the Winnipeg Jets swept the Oilers. Connor McDavid for the Oilers drew um, number one offensive player in the league. Probably going to win the MVP, who was my easy money pick at the beginning of the year. Um, they had a great year, and but I expected this to go seven. I expected the Oilers to at least like play decent because the Oilers did well against them in the regular season, and so I thought that uh, McDavid would rack up the points and the wins and be shut out in the losses. Um, but Winnipeg just shut them down for nothing. Incredible. Um, the other one I, I total whiff on is Tampa Bay Lightning. As I said on paper, they're probably the best team in the quote unquote East. Um, they they won in six against the Panthers, but I thought maybe the coach for the Panthers would help them get to the um, quarterfinal. I'm sorry, the semifinals to face the Penguins. Penguins are gone. The Panthers are now gone. So I totally bombed on all that. But Lightning, uh, we'll see. They they won in six. Um, we'll see if they uh, they're on their quest to repeat. And then the Canadian uh, division, uh, the Cana- uh, the Canadians won an OT tonight. Um, and so that series is now three two going to a game six, I believe. Uh, yeah, going to a game six. Um, and so the the Maple Leafs are up three three two. Tavares had a really scary injury, got knee in the head, so. Um, you know, he's not going to be back anytime soon. At least I don't think. I didn't see anything to, to, to say otherwise. But, um, yeah, man, uh, we'll, we'll see as it unfolds. I know you and my brother have been crushing the NBA playoffs, and I have it on right now. But, like, I've been trying to watch as much hockey as possible. It's just, it's that time of year. Playoff hockey is so good. These matchups are so intriguing just because of how many times these, these teams have played each other during the regular season. Oh, we're not going to get all the storybook stuff that I wanted, but uh, that's okay. It's it's still really fun to watch. Um, so yeah. that's that's the update on the playoffs. I like it. I'm uh, my perennial Penguins pick is out, so I got I got nothing now. Now I'm done. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Um, okay, so that leads us to the pit stop, and I'm going to take a little bit extra time here tonight. Um, do it, do it again, bro. So we were at Coda, Circuit of the Americas, down in Austin, Texas. I was so friggin' pumped for this track. It's another. It's the third road course on the schedule, but it rained, and so they were racing in the rain. Uh, I can't even remember the last time they raced in the rain, but they had like red blinking lights in their back windshield. 
like almost like a cop car or like a construction vehicle. Yeah. They had windshield wipers going, Drew. They had different tires. So they had the, the tires with treads, which is the rain tires, versus the quote-unquote slicks, which is no treads, which is just their dry track tires. So people were playing the, the game of the tot which tires. It was, okay, who's good in the rain? Who's good when it's not raining? Uh, Drew, when they were racing in the rain, these these guys could not see because of like all the water being kicked up. They could not see th- like three feet in front yeah. of their car. That's nuts, the, man. The tr- like the wrecks were insane, and it was it was intriguing from that perspective. But like, it was not good because I wanted to see the track, you know. And it was just oh, it was unfortunate. Um, that that our first race here, we didn't get a chance to really see like what the track you know could offer um we actually did pick the winner chase elliott won uh, his first win of the season that was our sixth win of the season which i don't even know if anybody's i think there might be one or two close to us but like people are um not it's hard to pick this year because there's been so many different winners but our sixth win of the year we're doing great with that he was plus 240 so 2.4 to 1 so he was the favorite, so whatever. Not even that excited about it. Um, this upcoming week, the Coca-Cola 600. It's in Charlotte. It's always the Coca-Cola sponsor. The 600. 600 friggin' miles, Drew, on a mile-and-a-half track. How long How long that take, you think? Four hours? Look, if you're a diehard NASCAR fan, clear clear your entire Sunday schedule. I mean, it's it takes forever, and and that's my gripe about this one is this 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 is a race of attrition. Um, sometimes the action is good, a lot of times it's not. It's always who's there at the end. My boy won it last year, Brad Keselowski, and he was and uh, that's honestly not a race he should win. He like he's not an endurance type, but he I think I can't even remember how he won it last year. If it was like because he always plays strategies differently, whatever. Um, you know, it's not my favorite. I know it's like a NASCAR staple and like whatever, but it, it's it's honestly not my favorite just because it takes so friggin' long and it's it's a battle of attrition. Um, so the 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 favorites this week are Kyle Kyle Larson and Truex. I don't want to take Truex. He's been a little bit stumbling recently. He could easily win this one um, at plus five fifty. Kyle Larson's the favorite at plus five hundred. And he's been dominating of the 1.5 mile tracks. And look, Drew, you you'll appreciate this. Two races ago, Kyle Larson dominated the race, and then all of a sudden, he didn't. He uh, like wasn't. He, he he lost at the end, and he was like, "Oh, I'm not disappointed. I'm not upset. I mean, we we still had a great car. They just no. Look, that's a loser's mentality. If you're not disappointed or upset, we are not picking you on the. We are. This is not the podcast for you. We are not picking you until you we show some not. fire. Until you get back in the winner's circle. So we are going with Kyle Busch, who used to dominate this track, and now he's starting to find his speed here uh, this season. Plus 650, that's six and a half to one. Chase Elliott, maybe he goes back to back seven to one. Denny Hamlin, been amazing this year. Really good on the mile and a halfers. He hasn't even won this year yet, even though he's been really good. So seven and a half to one. And then uh, we are going to close it out with Alex Bowman at 16 to one. And I usually only pick four. And I'm not officially picking William Byron at 16 to one, but keep an eye on William Byron at 16 to one. That's it. That's that's my extended uh, pit stop. I love it, man. I love the pit stop. Probably my new favorite segment on the show. Everybody's new favorite segment on the show. That's what's really getting the uptick. The NASCAR fans, they're coming Pro- in. We're getting them. 
Probably. Uh, you know what's funny? I did see some of our recent followers actually have like NASCAR stuff in their bio. I'm not. I'm not even joking. Um, I wasn't joking either. Um, that being said, let's get to our staple weekend parlay. Um, and quite frankly, I'm just gonna pick. My brother messaged us his his pick, and I I don't even want to make a pick. So I think what do you say? Yankees money line. Uh. So, let me, hold on, I gotta get back because there's so much shit talking about how the Suns are trash and he's a fool, <laughs> he's a fool for picking them. Uh, Yankees run line. I don't know what that means. Oh, that's uh, the minus one and a half. Okay. For yeah. a little extra juice. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm just gonna steal my brothers and and use that. Um, uh, what, what you got? Let's let's get crazy. Let's let's do Haney. Haney on the cards. Okay. Um, and oh yeah, that's a great question. Let me pull that up. And what? I kind of want to take the Hawks tomorrow night minus four. Are we gonna do three? Yeah, why not? I kind of I want to do boxing because I like. Uh, I want to be engaged in that fight. Um, but yeah, I like. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do four. Let's get crazy. Oh hell! Okay. Let's get crazy. You ready? Yeah. So we're going to take the Yankees. Yankees minus one and a half or whatever it is. We're going to take Haney to win the fight. Uh, to win or on the cards? Um, I guess I, I'm sure on the cards isn't that great. I mean, they're probably pretty close. So. On the, Check this out. Haney by, by stoppage is minus 200. Really? Haney, Haney, I know, right? Haney on the, on the cards is plus 210. Let's take that on the cards. Let's Plus 210. Uh, this is a parlay from hell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're, we're to he's totally going to knock him out in like the third round with a liver shot. And really <laughs> um, should we just take him to win? Uh, to win, he's minus 1,250. All right. Let's take him on the cards. Um, let's take the Sixers minus five and a half on Saturday. Okay. And let's, let's take the Hawks minus four tomorrow night. Okay, so Hawks to cover on Friday night, Yankees to cover the extra runs on Friday, uh, Haney on the cards on Saturday, and Sixers to cover the points on Saturday. Is that is that is that accurate? Yes, I like all of those things that you just said. Oh, all right, feeling oh. it in the feeling it in the loins. Oh, oh baby, all right, let's finish this beer. Hmm. All right. This is the the part where we get to beer number two, two brew salute, three, two, one. Oh yeah. Um, I got a Lawson's finest liquid, super session number five cashmere, session IPA. Um, it's a little baby, four point eight percent. So, but I love me some Lawson's. So. Nice, nice. You you sticking with the Millers? Yeah, I'm not gonna get crazy. I gotta, cool. I gotta, I gotta be good to go to shoot a uh, 120 tomorrow. So, gentlemen's 120 at the local Muni out in Harrisburg. Oh, you know it. Now we're actually playing at a really good course. I think Iron Valley. Sure, I don't know. Uh, so sounds amazing. I thought all you Pittsburgh people, just sort of PA people, knew all, all that stuff. I like iron. I like valleys. Well, there you go. Um. All right. Well, beer two. We. Uh, two two pronged approach here um 
Drew's continuing journey through the Yellowstone series. So we, as we left off, Drew was through uh, season two, episode seven, which left him three episodes to go in season two. Um, and then you started season three. So uh, give us an update on where you are, man. Uh, yeah, so I'm through the first, I think, episode and a half of um, season three. So I didn't, didn't get a ton done. Um, just with like the, the the playoffs and catching up on some stuff, but I gotta say, uh, season two was dark, gritty, and I loved it all. Um, outside of the finale, um, because I thought that there was just so much uh, so much build up and like so much like death and just like people with assassins killing everybody, and then like the finale was kind of like. Yeah, you know, let's take you know when you're there's like they're at the point of no return, and then in the finale it's kind of like yeah, you know what? Let's let's just take the foot off the gas a little bit here, and I'm sure we'll be able to work this out like uh, gentlemen together. <laughs> um, what happened in the finale? I don't even remember. So like you know in the the episode before, um, you know the is it the Booth brothers? I forget whatever now, they are. Yeah, those names. those two brothers. Yeah, the Beckett brothers or whatever they were. So like, yeah, whatever. Like now that like they're just straight up, you know, they um, they hire assassins to scare and beat the shit out of Beth, possibly kill and rape her. Um, so that I mean was pretty pretty dark. Yeah. Um, and then they uh, they kidnap kidnap Tate, Tate and then and they, sell him into the sex sex trade. Is that what that was? Sex though? slaves. Yes. They 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 sell him into the slave trade, like the sex slave trade, and like. He's he's like put in that bathtub getting drugged the the kid and then like they go and rescue him, which some like somehow didn't move the needle for you is just like too dark. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, it was like oh we're gonna we're gonna you know we we're gonna we're gonna start with uh, who he loves the most but like when you go from basically about to kill his daughter. Uh, they bru- they sent three assassins to kill the land developer. I forget his name. Um, and they shoot him dead. Then it's like, uh, yeah, you know, we're not gonna kill his grand. We're gonna we're, we're not gonna kill his grandson. Uh, we'll just do whatever. Um, I, I just no. I just was like, you know, they they put that bomb in that plane. Like I what I what I thought, which and nothing ever happened there. What I thought was gonna happen was they were gonna get to the place where they had they were keeping him but um the guy the brother that uh casey shot on the toilet oh wait spoiler alert um i thought that he was going to get the call in time to his other brother and you were going to find out that he was taking him on the plane and was going to say like listen let's 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 trade let's trade here um you know i'll meet you here and we can we can like call call it all even but it was going to be too late because once they were in the air, the bomb was going to go off, and they were going to end up killing. He was going to end up killing his son, or you know, they would have like maybe nabbed his wife, and like it just got to the point where like I felt like somebody, somebody in the Dutton on the Dutton side, 
had to die. Like even even when they went into the sex traders like place, there was this big like buildup of yeah, I need a you know I need Rip, I need you to Rip to run in there and draw all the fire, so they could see how many people they had. And like he's on a horse, no with no bulletproof vest or anything, and like somehow this was like a big thing. And it was like, yeah, I'm sorry I had to ask you to do this today when I basically called you a son and gave you a house to live in. And he's like, no better day there, boss. And then nothing even happened to him. I, I just thought it, like the finale was so anticlimactic considering the fact of all the all the death and things that happened in the other nine episodes. It just didn't it didn't fit for me. So Yeah, and this is where you and I just rib each other all the time because um I always like have a soft spot for kids and you have a soft spot for dogs. And I'm like, well, what if that was the family dog who like got stolen and put into like a dog fighting ring? And you're like, you take that back. And I'm like, well, the, it's this, it's the grandson who got put into the sex trade. Like, come on, man. That's super dark and like twisted. <laughs> you're like, yeah, whatever. I was like, yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. I guess. <laughs> Uh, but um, so what have you seen so far in season three with our boy? I forget, I forget the actor's name, but Sawyer from, Sawyer, from Lost. Uh, love Sawyer. Um, well, he's gonna obviously bed Beth. That's obviously gonna happen. Um, so he resigned. Dutton resigned as the livestock commissioner, uh, and he just he just told Jamie he was gonna ask him to do it. Um, which that and that whole thing still annoys me. This whole like let's beat up on Jamie nonsense. Um, you know, he's like, oh, don't you betray me again. It's kind of like well, you kind of betrayed your own son and like you know basically wanted to crush his dreams just for your own like gain and benefit. But that's okay. We'll we'll go ahead and pretend that stuff didn't happen. Um, they, I guess, this new company who is taking over for the developer that those twins shot brutally shot with assassins. Um, they're starting to lay the seeds that they're going to, I guess, try to take over the, they're going to try to get their hands on the Dutton land and they're going to get a piece of the Indian casino. Um, nothing's actually like um, transpired there yet, but like the seeds are being placed that this is like a company that's going to cause trouble for them. Um, uh, Fantastic four, fantastic four, small amount of peas. Um, Family yeah, that's, guy reference. That's really it. Like Beth, Beth is, I guess more in a relationship with Rip now, but like still seems super uncomfortable, I guess, like having someone love her. I still can't wait till they reveal this like issue as to what like broke her. It's gotta be something more than the mother dying. Um, like what just completely broke her and made her absolutely loathe Jamie. So that'll be exciting. Hopefully they reveal that this season. Cause like, we don't need to go another like five seasons without knowing what's going on there. Um, yeah, they. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I won't ruin it for you. Good, don't. Um, oh, thanks, thanks, pal. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy, spoilers over there. Um, <laughs> and then what's his name? Casey uh, Dutton wanted Casey to do the livestock thing, but he didn't want to do it. So we're still doing that thing where like he's half in and half out of the family, I guess, or whatever. So that's fun. Um, Sounds like your marriage. Yeah, that definitely does. Good call. <laughs> Good call on that, bro. Um, you know, every 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 so often you got a good one. That was a good one. Um, that's why I pay you the big bucks. Um, yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm not just the uh, the guy pulling the levers. Now, now it sounds like your marriage. Um, what else do we got? Yeah, I think that's really it. Um, oh, dude. Oh, speaking of season two, how awesome was 
that scene where Beth goes to the boutique where they're trying where they basically the, the the woman that runs the store is racist and tries to accuse Casey's wife of shoplifting. Oh yeah, that was good. Dude, and like Beth comes in and goes, Where's my sister in law? And like you just see the look on that chick's face and it's like, Oh shit, I fucked up. And then like she's basically Beth's like, Get get out of your clothes and like just starts breaking shit. And then uh, the, the sister-in-law's like, let's, let's just stop. She's had enough. And then Beth just goes, you're lucky she's soft. I would have I I kept going until I had you effing the mannequin. I was dying, dude. I was rolling when that happened. So good. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, they, the show kind of like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into it. I disagree. But I, dude, I, don't, I, I thought season one was just as like. No, no, no. I mean, in terms of like. They they try and bring some like, um, I don't even know. Uh, they try and bring some like stuff into it with like the like in terms of like a um, modern day Native American perspective into things. Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a scene where like the um, I forget her name, um, but Casey's wife is just like. Um, the woman who's uh, um, Native American, and she's like, she's like, oh, you know, you could do that because of your. She, I don't think she uses the phrase white privilege, but basically, like, you can go in and 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 bully this person because of like all of your wealth and everything, and you know, like, I can't do that, and it kind of like almost makes her feel bad for sticking up for her, and so like, they kind of toe the line of like the Duttons are basically these like white people who came and took the the native americans land but they're also the heroes of the show but they're also just shitty people and then like the native american side is just kind of like it also kind of like goes back and forth and toes the line are they the good guys or the bad guys so it's they kind of play both sides and they sometimes they do some of the um i don't know some it's it's it just kind of it's almost like they don't know if they want to be one side or the other of the show and, and they kind of tow the both sides of the issue. Yeah. But, the, uh... but it, so it, it's, it's just kind of, it just always has me questioning like what, what their motives are when they're writing the plot. But that being, I mean, that's like a, a side little, little thing, but um, because the plot itself is all about just like this guy trying to hold on to his land while everyone's trying to come get it. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I'm interested to see what they what they continue to do with the Native American it was, uh, ang- angle with, with it all. I meant to, or I, I I made a point to remember this, but uh, it was an interesting line that the uh, Casey's wife in episode one, I think, she was alone with um, with John Dutton, his dad, and they're, she's talking about how you know I'm starting to see how you have to you know every day you guys are fighting to keep the land. And she goes in this thing, she's like, you know, when my ancestors, oh, you know, my ancestors were here, you know, hundreds of years ago, and then it was taken, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, and I'm not, I'm not discounting what happened with the Indians, I'm just, I'm just fast forwarding the quote. Um, but then she goes, she goes, that's kind of what's going on here. You're, you're, it's almost like, it's, it's, you're, you're basically the Indians now. So Yeah, exactly. Which I think is that just... was actually the name of the first episode. So that was yeah, actually, yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. So. Yeah, I think you're right. Which, again, which is, like, super awkward that they're, like, trying to, like, make the, like, in, in today's society, they're trying to make the white people out as, like, the, 
victims like the Indians? I I don't know. I don't. I, I honestly don't want to even go down that conversation. But like, I, I'm still trying to figure out what they're trying to do with that angle of it as a, as a viewer. Um. So whatever. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That's such a side. That's honestly such a, like a side piece of the show, though. But it is kind of confusing. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, but yeah, I, uh, hopefully, I eh, I might be done next week. I'm pro- probably will be. Sweet, sweet. Oh yeah. Um, and then w- the reason the reason why I wanted you to get into the show is because you are the only person I know who's just such a sucker for backstory. Oh, I am. Yeah. They're making a, an entire spinoff of how the Duttons. I don't know if it's necessarily the Oregon Trail. Are but, they? I didn't. Did you tell me this? I did tell you. You don't remember? I no. Drew, Drew, it's a hundred years earlier, so it's or, or two hundred, oh. whatever it is. It's in, it's in the late eighteen hundreds. Oh man, give me five hundred years earlier, and I'm and excited. It, <laughs> but it's how the Dutton family. So it's like Kevin Costner's like grandfather or great grandfather or whatever travels like as a pioneer out west and and basically settles on the land and makes it into into the estate that it is today and so it's called like it's called y 1893 or whatever whatever the year it is yeah it's an entire spinoff backstory of how the dutton ranch becomes the dutton ranch uh cool i'm all in on that yeah Um, that's why that's why i told you to start watching it because they're doing a whole spinoff backstory well, my interesting enough, I guess my brother was telling me season four might be coming out in the next couple of months. Here, is that is that a real thing? I don't. I know they were filming, but I didn't see a date or anything. I oh, love it. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. Looking forward to that. Um, all right, which brings us all the way up to last your, but not your, least, your homework for the week. Yeah, Army of the Dead. Um, so I, I've seen a lot of mixed reviews. Um. And I, I I am a little bit of a sucker for the the zombie genre, so I kind of was like, all right, I got I gotta look at this and see what the heck this is all about. Um, so our girl Melissa, um, who we started following, and she started following us on Twitter from boxing. Um, she she had a couple tweets talking about how she didn't like it, and she used to like study this genre and everything like the horror genre and she was like yeah it's not for me but you said the critics on um on rotten tomatoes were like the critics and the audience were both in like the 70 percent right 73 percent for critics and 76 percent for um for the audience yeah like how i i that baffles me um so give me so, give me, uh, give me give me the powerpoint of this one yeah, yeah. So, so um, the non-spoiler alert version is it's kind of it's it's zombie. It's Zack Snyder, who is the new Michael Bay. I'll say, um, is it? It's basically it, it's more like a grindhouse, more so than like a nuanced zombie film. So it's like gory, blood everywhere. Does not follow the typical zombie tropes at all. They call them zombies. Not all the zombies are just mindless. Some of them actually are like like thinkers. Um, and then, uh, and basically, the what it's about is zombies overtake Las Vegas, and then Las, they basically more or less build a wall around Las Vegas. And so, um, it's also a heist movie because 
uh, this guy ha uh, has $200 million in one of the vaults in, um, I forget, Olympi Olympus or something. Uh, I, no, no, that's not where it is. I forget where, where the vault is, but there's $200 million there, which the insurance company has already paid him out on. So he's like, hey, I'm already paid out on this. So that $200 million sitting there is free money. So he tries to hire Batista and a group of misfits to go get it. Um, and so they have to, you know, basically circumnavigate all these zombies and all this crap to go get the $200 million that's going to be scot-free, you know, uh, not not taxable and all that crap. <laughs> and, and, and so that's the plot. And, um, you know, basically I'll say, you know, again, non-spoiler alert, if you like grindhouse if you like action and you're not really like plot holes don't really bother you or like inconsistencies that don't really bother you that much and you just want to see like garrett dillahunt is in it from fear of the walking dead among other things uh uh he played i think he was in wyatt earp i think you uh, various other things yeah. um so if you like him he's he's in it um Batista's in it, so I mean, maybe, maybe it, if you're if if you're into that kind of stuff, maybe you go for it. All right, a couple questions here. Rapid okay. Fire. So, is it fair to say this is basically Grindhouse meets um, Ocean's Eleven? Yeah, I'd say so. Right. With, with I mean, with the Grindhouse portion being zombies, yeah. Right, and plus they're being a friggin' zombie tiger. Um, the zombie tiger is a thing in there. Who was who was the per thirty six MVP of this movie? Oh, I'll get there. I, I, I have I have various oh, notes on keep, this. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to keep going. I was yeah, like, I, oh. I, I have. So that was the non-spoiler version. Right, so I have going. the spoiler version. Okay. Okay, now here's the spoiler version. The good. Um, as I told Drew, it was... it was a, I love the, the, the framework of the plot. I said it had good bones, good bones. to it. Uh, me and Teddy had a laugh over that. Good, good bones to the plot. I, I, anything with zombies, I, I'm a sucker for. And the fact that, hey, we're going to have zombies overtake Las Vegas. Um, the opening sequence. Uh, Drew, have you ever seen Up? That's a ridiculous question. Yes, I've seen Up. Okay, so remember the opening sequence where it's like basically a whole life story in like a minute. And there's like music playing and they show you scenes from it. Yeah. That's that's what they did here, and so it, that part was really good. And okay. like, it, it ends with like this like this mother and her daughter are trying to escape. So what they're doing is they're basically making a wall around Las Vegas out of shipping containers, like giant like shipping like giant shipping containers. And so, this mother and her daughter are trying to escape these zombies. They're like there's a group like clearing a path and uh, and like. Um, get like distracting all these zombies so they could build this wall okay. and and like this mother and her daughter are, like the last people out and they don't make it and they get overtaken by zombies and so a giant crane just drops the last piece of shipping containers right on them as they're getting chewed up by zombies total gut punch it was so well done and I was just like uh, again with kids I'm just like shit and like so that that was a really really good setup Okay. Um, and so, um, the only other good thing I have to say about it is, um, Tig Notaro, who was not on my radar at all. I didn't even know who this person was, but she's like a, uh, like a comedian. Um, and, um, I don't know what other stuff she's even done, but she's the quote unquote, the helicopter guy. Oh, 
Um, she carried the movie so good. She's like she she was one of the band of misfits. Drew, um, ha, friggin' hilarious. She was so good, so so good. The par thirty six star by far. Uh, okay, cool. So so. Um, one of the things that Batista is putting together this group to go recover this 200 million and he goes to her, I think she was part of the original crew that, that helped secure Las Vegas. Um, and so she's, he's, he's like, all right, do you want in on this, on this mission? It, you know, your cut is $2 million. Batista's cut overall is 50 million. He's like, your cuts 2 million. 50 or 15 I couldn't I couldn't tell. Anyway, I think it was 50. And and she's like 2 million? Yes, I'm in. And he's like, "Don't you want to know what the mission is?" And she's like, "You're going to pay me 2 million, right?" And she, he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Nope, don't care about the details." And he's like, "But it's really dangerous." And she's like, "2 million." And he's like, <laughs> she's I love great character. I don't I honestly don't even remember what what the uh what the character's name was, but so 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 good. Um, okay, the bad. Batista, not good at all. Like, really? N- no. Okay. Like, it was... And, and, and I co- honestly, I couldn't tell if it was, like, the plot holes and the writing that were bad, or if it was him that was bad. I think it was him. I, I do not think he was very good. Okay. Um, there was, there was a lot of re- just straight-up ridiculousness and, and inconsistencies in the storytelling, which I'll get into. Um, like in the end, like they were going for this 200 million and in the end they didn't really get it. Like the zombies just overtook them and they like, Batista was only able to smuggle a small amount out. Like that sucked. That, that pissed me off. Cause like that was the whole point of it. Um, again, the writing I thought was pretty terrible. There, there's an, there's an exchange where like, so Batista, quite honestly, this, this, this woman who's in it, I didn't even realize that was supposed to be his daughter because they kind of look like the same age. Okay. And like it's his, I get it's, it. It ends up being his daughter, which I kind of find out like three quarters of the way through. And I don't know if it was just me, like not being able to hear what the hell Batista was saying or whatever. But um, they they have this whole thing where Batista's like, with the money, I want you to have a food truck. And it's this whole conversation they have, like, intermittently throughout the second half of the movie about her having a food truck, which is just stupid. And, like, he he just delivers the line so crappy that it just doesn't work. And not only was... I thought most of the acting was bad, quite honestly, other than, like, Tignataro. And, like, I thought most of it was just nonsense. So, that being said, he, here's the just the ridiculousness of the movie. And, and like... Here, here's where they just decided to not follow any of the regular zombie stuff, okay. which, which just made it suck. Um, so Drew, there, there's this whole division of like how it starts is like this military convoy, um, is driving in the desert along Las Vegas, and they get and they have some kind of payload. You don't know what it is. And they get in a wreck because this newly married couple is not paying attention. And the wife starts blowing the, the guy who's driving. Ooh. And the, the, the and the military um, people are not paying attention driving. 
And so neither of them are paying attention. They wreck, and the payload the get become like the like the sealed door becomes compromised, and out pops this like mega zombie. And so this mega zombie ascends descends upon Las Vegas and just turns the entire city into like a giant zombie infested horde. Um, so there's this whole like alpha class of zombies where if if the if the main alpha bites somebody, like they become a zombie. But like they can still think, they could still they're like they're super fast. They could wield yep, wield yepin. Okay, say words. Yield weapons, um, and just all kinds of craziness. So like that's it's it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, and so like not only that, but he has this zombie queen that's his wife, and it, it's it's really insane. Which I'm saving that for my last point. Um, he rides a horse, like it's always a zombie riding a horse and throwing a spear. That's, that's ridiculous for a zombie movie. Um, other ridiculous things are, so eventually, like after they walled off Vegas, like they quarantine a certain group of people who, uh, came out of Vegas in case they're infected. Um, but what they decide is that okay like we have the quarantine group but vegas itself needs to have a a low grade nuclear bomb i don't know why they wouldn't just like napalm it or put like have like like set fire to it or whatever but they decide it needs nuked and so okay fine but um it what happened was one of the characters in this motley crew who tries to recover all the cash gets locked in the vault with a certain portion of a of the cash and then the bomb drops and he's and he's in the vault with all the cash so he survives the nuclear bomb but then he exits the vault somehow into now bomb nuclear bomb las vegas i'm like dude you're gonna be like exposed to such radiation i just like the fact that they just didn't care about that, and then he just walks out with all the cash and starts doing stuff. Turns out that guy was bit. Spoiler alert. But anyway, I I thought that was stupid. Like, you're 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 escaping the vault into a nuclear fallout wasteland. Like, you're you're exposed to all this all this nuclear waste. Like, you're dead. Like, you're gonna get cancer in six months and die. Whatever. Um. Okay. Um. Another thing that was bizarre was as as Batista is assembling this group of of just nomadic weirdos, um, he's offering them different amounts of money to join the group. He's like, "You join?" He's like, "For five hundred thousand, would you like come in and help me recover this?" And then he goes to somebody else, like, "How about a million? And to somebody else, like, "How about two hundred thousand? And I'm like. If I was in this group, I would be pit. I'd be like, wait a second, that person's getting a million bucks, and I'm only getting two fifty. Like, screw that. I want a million. Like, I have just amount, uh, just likelihood that I'm gonna die by zombies as they are. And like, I, I just found that weird. And like, I, like, how, uh, why would they do that? Like, I, I don't know, it was strange. Um. And I think. So, oh, so two more things. One. Drew, there was this scene. It was the absolute most ridiculous zombie scene I've ever seen. Heavy with it. it, it so, in the middle of this in Vegas, I don't know. I want to say they were in like a commercial slash industrial kitchen. 
they they stumble across this horde of zombies, not the alphas, the regular zombies. Which the alphas were totally cool with them, like coming into Vegas because they made a sacrifice to the alpha zombies. And and if you make a sacrifice to the alpha zombies, they're cool with it, apparently, which was also just ridiculous. Um, yeah, so like this horde of zombies was in this like kitchen or whatever, and they were Drew, they were hibernating. And so this woman who made regular runs into Vegas was like, I've seen this before. They're hibernating. Don't make noise. Don't bump into them. And don't 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 shine lights in their eyes. And it's like, what? The zombies are sleeping? Like, what the hell? And so Batista's like, we'll light our path you know, through them. So they're walking through a giant horde, like slightly bumping into them while these zombies are standing up sleeping. And so they're putting glow sticks on the floor, like, so they could find their path. Obviously, sure enough, they wake up the horde, you know, but it's just like, what the hell is, like, what? Like, why? That's they're funny. sleep. It was absurd. That's like, the, yeah, so that, that was, that was absurd. And then the absolute number one bomb of zombie culture that you just don't do. I mean, I mean, it's just, it, it's. I'm, I'm I'm holding my head right now. It is mind blowing that they did this and so freaking weird and bizarre. So so the main alpha zombie and I told you he had his queen. They they made her pregnant with this the, with the zombie. Yes, the 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 zombie queen was pregnant with the alpha zombie's child, and he kept holding his ear up to her belly to hear the child. And and they wouldn't talk, but they'd let out this like, and it's just like okay, whatever. And like they just kept doing that, and then um, spoiler alert again, Garrett Dillahunt's character was like the bad guy, and he he went in there with ulterior motives, and he cho- he like slices the head off of the zombie queen, and so now like the alpha zombies pissed that like. The so and like he rips the fetus out of like the the corpse of the queen and it's just like, what the so like you're telling me that like, the zombie alphas are like clapping cheeks in like the zombie world and like, procreating like what the frig, what, what the hell man like what, ha, and plus how much time has elapsed that they could like start screwing like he could bite this woman turn her into the zombie queen and and start mating with her like what the hell i i, I that's why you blew me away when you said that the the rotten tomatoes scores were in the 70s like these are good these are good scores it makes no freaking sense it almost it's almost not even like a zombie movie and it's just for for again going back it had such good bones and such good thoughts and then to turn it into the, like the Zack Snyder crap, like just a shit show of like what a zombie movie should not be, really made me again. Is we always complain about The Walking Dead and like picking nits, but like, ah, oh, it's just it was so not good. It just wasn't good. I don't know why. Anyway, and again, if you're into Grindhouse type stuff, I okay, I get it. And then you're just gonna like, if you're not into like zombie movies, you're like, all right, like. Yeah, there's, like, alphas and, like, the zombie queen and all this crap. Whatever. 
and 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 Tignatera was great. So like maybe you're maybe that's your angle, but like as like a zombie person, I'm just like it was so freaking stupid, and I hated it. At least it was free, right? It was free on Netflix. Yes. So, at least that's a thing. Yeah. So. Well, if it, and if it wasn't, I was gonna say I'm gonna have twenty bucks soon. I could lend you to make up for uh, for paying for that. On your late on your Lakers bet, I see yeah, what you did see there. What I did there. Um, yeah, so that that was my fifteen to twenty minute rant. Um, sorry if I ruined it for you, but honestly, and like I said, unless you care about the grindhouse and you really want to see if Batista was any good, you know, not not don't really don't waste your time. Uh, on that note, oh shit, Booker! I wonder if Booker's gonna get suspended for that. He just put a. Uh... He just put what's his name Schroeder on his ass. Hmm. I don't know. Um. Well, I don't know, man. That, that covers all of our topics, Drew. Um. So a- again, everyone who's new, welcome aboard. Thank you for listening, Drew. As we want to do, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count, toss it out, everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd, get you that second round. Go on and throw it out, talk about anything that makes you get loud. <laughs>